0: Julia Hampton and Julia Hampton CPA PC have been your trusted sources for local
1: tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. Jason, do you have a tax strategy for 2019? Of course not. That is a bad idea, but I can tell you right now how you correct that problem. You hop on your phone, you call our good friend Julia Hampton, call her today at 816-554-0394. Hello again and welcome
0: to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is living la vida loca downtown. It's Nick Woo! Parker, the publisher of Lee to the Summit.
1: I do like being down. That was.
0: It is. It is a good life, and I'm in small ways. I am jealous of. I'll best. take it
1: because that doesn't happen
0: often for me. It does not. Linkley Summit is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. Our unofficial sponsor today is local businesses. Do local. I mean, like not only literally, like our sponsors today are literally local businesses, but our unofficial sponsor is that because I had the misfortune of being forced while trapped in Southern Johnson County today to have to go and spend time at what I will call a major chain-reached coffee shop, and my, my experience was not great, Bob
1: i I'm sorry you had to do that it was it was no whistle stop. it was no whistle stop. It was no post coffee. It was none of these things. Well, let me tell you something that's going to make you feel better What's that? We are this much closer to a brand new website and digital access to the city of Lee Summit government well I can't even contain or perhaps even properly express my excitement
0: <laughs> at getting a new city website
1: well. Outside of my nerdy self, there's not a lot of people that we excited about this. But last night's work, city council work session, this was uh, on the agenda. was a presentation to the council of a new website, which they've been working on for a while. You and I have talked about it a little bit before. Powerpoints are boring. These presentations aren't that exciting, but this shows some good work happening at the city hall. Do we have any idea when this is going to actually launch? Because we keep talking about it, and it's going to happen like, you
0: know, in the far off future Soon. somewhere. Or to quote Conan O'Brien, "In the year two thousand, <laughs> or something."
1: In the name. It will uh, be soon, but uh, I, it, it's something to keep keep watching for because I, I, you know, we talk a lot about access and transparency when it comes to government on our show, and this changes to the site and how they how they make the people and the services available and accessible to the student to the uh, residents is important. So, it's a good it, thing to it watch. is now the other thing that happened at the work session
0: is that they did a, another boring powerpoint presentation but this one was on the work that the staff is doing on the pay plan on how to work through the compensation issues we you know we beat this horse soundly long after it was dead um, last year through the run up through the election but it hasn't gone through, one the issue hasn't gone away but two the work on it has been ongoing even after that but it's been quiet behind the scenes you know a lot of staff working they they gave us an update at the city council work session this last week about where it is where we're going and what kind of time frame we're going to have for some
1: actual like stuff to be happening out there and, so it's good to know And honestly happening. behind the scenes is the way it should be happening it shouldn't be done from the dais it shouldn't be done yes uh, uh,
0: I agree. I think that, and, and this work, you know, if you want information, the city will give it to you. It's not hidden, but it is just being done in the, I would say, with a, a reduced uh, emphasis on showmanship. And That is a, that is a so, good way to put it. All right. Other stuff going on with the city. Uh, this Thursday at 5.30, um, there's going to be a public meeting at the Summit Church, the new Summit Church, which is out at Chipman and View High. Um, on the Chipman Road improvements that were part of the bond issue that we voted for last year. Uh, and, and there's some big... I mean, so they're going to do a bunch of changes to the road. They're going to go from, like, make it a three-lane road with a walking or a multi-use path on one side and lighting and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I think the biggest news from that is they, they're basically saying that they got uh, worked with Jackson County and the railway and all the people that deal with that and that one lane underpass, that whole bridge is going to go away as part of this improvement. Um, and so that's going to be, and there's going to be some big changes with that. So if you are in the area
1: affected or even just interested, 530 Thursday, Summit Church at Chipman of View High, you should go. And these, these are good opportunities for people to to stay informed and 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 stay in the know and, and to hear directly from, from the city officials. Right. And this one's going to be actually with
0: the, uh, with the, contractor that they've hired to do the work so they're really going to be able
1: to give you some nitty-gritty on what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and what it's going to look like exciting weekend coming up jason we have some big events first lee summit symphony kicking off their 16th season and they're doing it in their new home the pavilion at john knox village and little little little, uh, cross promotion self plug here tune in next monday and you'll hear a great conversation with co-conductors russ berlin and kurt mosher on the Community Voices podcast.
0: Ah, that's the CV. I thought you were going to talk about the co-conductors' like uh, resume and stuff, but now I understand from the show notes what you're talking about with CV. You have an interview, and people should...
1: Exactly. Listen. Also this weekend, and again, stay tuned. Later this very episode, we'll have a conversation about it. It's Summit Art Fest in downtown Lee Summit.
0: It is an excellent, uh, the, sort of the third, now the youngest of the Downtown festival events that are going on. Uh, it keeps getting bigger and better every year. More artists, more stuff. We've got a great conversation um, coming up, so we're not going to spoil it all together
1: with that. But there's even more things happening in and around downtown. There are. Lee Summit Museum has a big fundraiser coming up November 10th. We're going to talk a little more about it, but here's the thing here's what gets Jason excited. The fundraiser event it's, includes it's locally beer. brewed beer. hear more about it but fringe beer works out of downtown has is producing a special beer order number 11 just for this event
0: yeah i think this will be really cool i think what they're what the museum is putting together and we're working on putting together a conversation about this coming up here in the next couple of weeks as we get a little closer um to this event but it's a it's an interesting event and an interesting uh process that that happens there
1: and and beer Honestly, really, you had me. Well, I think I think we always have you a beer, Jason. I'm going to return to the land of Nerdville a little bit. A lot of people, this may not make a lot of mean a lot to them, but you and I, the ranking members of the local government Nerdery Club, we want to take a little moment and recognize someone at City Hall.
0: We gotta admit, I think we chose better with "Lee Summit Town Hall" as the name of our podcast, and not "Local Government Nerdery Club." So good job by us. It was, on a, that. It was, it was a close runner-up. Our city finance manager, Conrad Lamb, is retiring. Conrad is one of those guys that has one of the, I think one of the toughest jobs in all of like city government, where he has to take all of the things that are said by the council and the mayor and all of the priorities that are put out and all the different pieces and the stuff that the city manager wants and everything else and put it into like actual dollars and make the budget actually work on a year-to-year basis. He's been doing it for a really long time, and he is retiring this month. And honestly, the city's going to
1: miss the guy. So here's to you, Conrad. You will be missed. Absolutely. Now, uh, Jason, as we move into our election preview for the upcoming election, I want to—I'm going to do another another little cross promotion. Uh, our guest columnist, Ben Martin, this week wrote a nice little column, but it was a reminder. I think. Take some time to try to get to know the people that are running for office, not just the characters that are played in those commercials, because those commercials are just horrible.
0: Actually, really, I think, honestly, those commercials are all correct, and they're all evil, horrible, awful people who kick puppies and don't like pie and are probably anti-beer, and I just don't think you can trust anything that any of those people say.
1: We're not going to be talking about candidates this week. Are we talking about weed? No, Jason. However we're going to keep it clean we're going to talk about amendment 1 the so-called clean missouri amendment this jason this is really this really centers up on transparency fairness it's a lot of changes wrapped into one amendment so let's take a little bit of time and let's break down what it really means and what we're deciding as voters Oh, man. All right. So before
0: we get there, we're going to note that there was some litigation surrounding this getting on the ballot. It was on the ballot, and then there was a, a lawsuit filed to get it off the ballot, which was momentarily granted and then uh, was denied at the um, was reversed, I guess, to keep it on the ballot at the appellate level, and then the Supreme Court declined to hear it. So it is on the ballot for this year. And actually, the big center point was that maybe this thing does too much. Um, and violates uh, a couple of rules that the state has about uh, making laws be basically about one topic. But the appellate court's rule was, this was about good governance and you know that kind of stuff. And that was a topic that it could be under even if it attached in a lot of different places. So the first thing that it chooses to do or attempts to do is change the
1: process for the redrawing of the legislative districts for the legislature. This is kind of a big deal. I think this is one where, where a lot of people harp on that maybe it's, it's, it's unfair the way the districts are drawn, and it makes it hard for, I don't know the best way to say this, off-party Candidates to run, whereas some parties lean very heavy, either Republican or Democrat, and some districts lean very heavy the other way. This is going to right. attempt to balance that a little bit. If uh, a little bit, yeah. So
0: here's the thing there are 134, I believe, uh, state House seats. There are 34 state Senate seats. Um, dozens of them every year, every cycle, go. The, an incumbent runs, or somebody runs on one party ticket, and nobody runs at all because there is essentially no chance to win. In in all fairness, and I am a, a person who has run for office in the past. Even most of the seats in Lee Summit are not what you would term competitive, or at least not traditionally have not been competitive on a partisan level. Um, if you get on, if you win the ballot, if you win the primary for one party or another, you are pretty much. Unless you, unless something goes haywire, you're guaranteed to win. So the idea here is that they're going to try to fix that or make more seats competitive so you get a little bit more balanced and representative government. The first thing this thing does, and this is kind of an interesting thing. Well, before you get into thing, that, I really think it's
1: important to note, Jason, this does not change the way lines are drawn for the U.S. House. Correct,
0: correct. So that's been done through... Some other processes, and it will continue to be that will remain being done by the
1: by the state legislators.
0: Right. So many of the fairness concerns that I think apply up the hill are not being resolved by this amendment. But at the state level, the the problems still I think are are pretty inarguably there, and and this is an attempt to fix it. So it creates a position called the quote nonpartisan state demographer. Um, whose job it is to um, create a, essentially I think solve a math problem that the rest of this, some of this amendment lays out. And it basically says, if you look at past election results and overall partisan ratings, and you're going to try to take all of that and make some more um, competitive things. So they want what they're calling, quote, partisan fairness, And quote competitiveness and they
1: define those right the The, the amendment itself actually offers these these uh guidelines for the demographer
0: right and there are literally dozens of ways to look at how you want to define a what how you want to what you want to define how you draw your borders you can do it for Geographic compactness, you can do it for this competitiveness, you can do it for maintaining like neighborhood continuity. There's all sorts of ways to do it. Uh, that gets even deeper in the nerd weeds than we want to go. So we just want to cover that. But that, so it creates that and creates essentially a little bit of a math problem for the state demographer to attempt to solve every 10 years after the census. And then that draws the lines for that out there. So, it, and that's a pretty radical change from. The system we have now, which essentially gets weighted down very, very heavily by partisan politics um, and has led to a system of a lot of
1: very very safe very very partisan seats and the next thing like like you said this this amendment covers a lot of different ground. The next thing on there that i th- I, I think is big for for some people is going to be that it, 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 there is an attempt with this amendment to curtail the amount of spending contribution spending for candidates right and and those of you who remember
0: they there were some the state legislature a number of years ago eliminated campaign finance limits and then those were reinstated through a different initiative process a couple of years ago well this is going to change those limits again actually i think it ends up raising them a little bit but neither here nor there. It changes and sets limits on how much you can uh, an individual or an organization can give to any one state house or state senate candidate. And that's 2,000 at the state house level and 2,500 at the state senate level. And then it puts in some pieces to attempt to uh, prevent the circumventing of the rule. Um, Essentially, what they're saying is, is if you've got a dozen very related entities, you can't give $2,500 to your candidate from each of those dozen entities if they're all really kind of the same thing. Uh, I'm not sure how enforceable that really is as a thing, but it is a, an attempt to do that and, and kind of clean up how where the money is coming from, how the money is getting there, and, and who can actually give that money.
1: And then the next, the next thing, Jason, uh, there's, a, there's a few other things in there that talk about lobbyists and the relationship between candidates and legislators after they're elected, between them and, and lobbyists.
0: Right. Um, so as, as it currently stands, there is no real limit on how much lobbyists gifts, and that's typically things like a lobbyist takes a legislator to dinner or buys them drinks or goes to a concert or something like that in that whole process. And essentially the rule is, is you can kind of do whatever you want to do as long as you disclose it on your piece of paper. Uh, this attempts to really almost completely shut that down and limits the, any individual gift to a maximum of $5 in value, which really means it's just like a cup of coffee. Um, and or something of similar ilk in that regard. So it it's a designed attempt to kind of, that's that backside corruption that comes through um, that people worry about. Um, you know, sure, they only give X amount of dollars and that's on my candidate's campaign finance reform. But if they're wooing them with, you know, tickets to whatever or uh, money or or not with money, but food and drink and what have you, that's a very soft influence that's hard to see and really hard to regulate. And this is a kind of a bright line rule
1: that's attempting to kind of really shut that down. Another stipulation in, in this proposed amendment is that it will prevent legislators and their employees from becoming lobbyists for two years after they leave office. Right. So, and that's like two years after the end
0: date of the last session, what have you. Once again, the current rules are pretty. You know, there's kind of a revolving door. You see a lot of legislators in their last terms leave early to go take jobs as lobbyists or other sort of influence or you know influencing entities out there. Uh, and this is really designed to 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 cut that to slow the revolving door. I don't obviously it's not going to eliminate it, but it may slow it down a little bit to get these. I, you know, this whole process and, and to get a little historical here, the the historic view in the Missouri legislature is that it's paid as a part time job. The legislature is only in session for four or five months of the year. And it's designed to be what they, I'm going to use the air quotes here. So just imagine them citizen legislators. These are people with jobs elsewhere that come in that do the business of the state and they go home. Um, this, You know, what you get when you have the lobbyists in and the lobbyists out is that it creates this professional political class um, that exists in the state and ends up, I think, perhaps with the lobbyists having a disproportionate amount of influence on the shape of legislation. Or at least that's the argument. And, you know, that is one of those things upon which reasonable minds can disagree.
1: The last two things to bring up in this proposed amendment cover, again, it really kind of stems in that whole. Uh, transparency and fairness motives behind it, um, political fundraising on state property will be prohibited, so that means i can 't have a fundraiser dinner in the lobby at the state house darn it well that 's going to lower the uh, the rental rate of the lobby <laughs> at the state
0: house. <laughs> let me tell you
1: um, and also, and you know i 'm always a fan of these things. it will require legislative records and proceedings all be open to the public. I don't know how that actually can guess, be made happen, but I like the idea of
2: it.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, is that when they passed the Sunshine Law, they excluded legislative records from the public uh, from public thing from the public r- records
1: rules. So, you know, putting it in there is probably a good thing. So that is Amendment One. I think we covered everything, so people can make their informed decisions.
0: Yep, um, we will get back at it uh, with more of them as we run up to the election. Um, So now we're going to go to our interview we have with Jody Fristo, Barbara Neff, and Phil Schmidt, all affiliated with the Summit Art and the Summit Art Festival, which is coming up this weekend. So now we'll look forward to that. We are here with Jody Fristow, Barbara Neth, and Phil Schmidt all with the Summit Art Festival which will be h- happening here in the very, very near future. Jody, you are the festival director, so we're going to start with you. Let's start with the easings. When is this festival happening?
3: We are so excited to share our enthusiasm with everyone this year about our festival. It happens the second weekend of October, October 12, 13, and 14, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The show opens on Friday at 4 p.m.
0: Now, this isn't our first go around talking about the festival. We were we've been a lot we've been around long enough now to be I think this is our second one that we've we've gotten to talk I about. Know.
1: Pretty soon we'll have a <laughs> second birthday.
0: Yep, yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> who knows? They may they may come for us yet. <laughs> um, so, Jody, tell us what's to give us some of the new and interesting stuff that's going to go on this year at the art festival.
3: Well, we are looking at what seems to be our biggest and best festival yet. We have, for the first time ever, 100 booths on the street, which is more than we've ever had. We have 110 artists displaying. They are artists that are coming in from all over the country, 15 different states, from as far as California and Indiana. We are adding food trucks to the festival this year.
0: All right, you bring, yeah, you you warmed me up here. Now you talked about you talk about food. And, and I'm right on because art, art is something I enjoy, but I'm not re- great at food. I'm really good at food.
3: <laughs> we are very excited about the food and beverage vendors that are going to be at the festival this year. I think a lot of uh, people in our community are familiar with Embrace the Grape. They are going to be providing a cocktail booth. They're going to be concocting or crafting a special cocktail specifically for the festival. So we're looking forward to that, plus a big selection of beers and wines. We've got 4 food trucks. Bop and Bowl is Korean noodle bowls. Coffee Cake yes. KC. Yes. Coffee Cake KC is doing a full espresso and coffee bar with lots of sweet treats. Yes.
0: Coffee.
3: And then we have the Jamaican Jerk Hut. Jamaican Jerk Chicken and they're doing a fresh lemonade stand.
0: Yeah, absolutely great.
3: <laughs> and we have Monk's Roast Beef which is deli sandwiches.
0: Sweet,
1: yes. Yes. (laughs) Now, now can we make a request that the signature cocktail is rum-based?
0: Well, look, you're just thinking totally about you. I think you should accept whatever signature <laughs> cocktail you get, young man. When is this not about that. me? Yeah, hey. well, that is true. So I'm
3: just sure it's going to be tasty and colorful. Okay.
0: So we are bigger, and we are better, and we are more fooded than we have been in the past. So let's let's actually talk a little bit about the past. Barbara, you've been uh, affiliated with the festival for... I
2: have since it started. Since it
0: started. Yeah. Um, and we won't tell me how many years ago that was. I can't even
2: remember myself. <laughs> there we go. Do you remember what... Festival. This is how, this is number? the eleventh annual. Okay,
0: the eleventh so annual. Well, that's not so yeah, bad because, yeah. like, ten years, ten years, and change isn't isn't, isn't gonna isn't gonna date anyone, yeah. you, me, or anybody yeah. else. So, uh, so Barbara, tell me a little bit about why you guys started the festival and, and kind of how we've got sure. where we are.
2: Uh, the people that uh, started Summit Art uh, had done art shows. Uh, I had done the Westport and the Prairie Village, and several other Summit Art members had done that. And we really wanted to bring something out here. And uh, David Gale out at Longview was wanting an art show very badly (laughs) for his uh, publication for his Mm -hmm. uh, businesses out there. And so he uh, approached us. I came on as chairman in August because the person that was chairman resigned. And Jennifer Beheimer and I took over the production in August, and uh, we had Tom a lot and uh, Raymond McGee that met with us too. There's a lot that goes into an art show that we really had no idea, and thank goodness we had David <laughs> Gale to help us with it. Uh, you've got trash that has to be hauled off. You've got um, uh, security that you have to hire. Uh, publicity was a big thing, and we were actually able to get the insert into the Kansas City star that first year so we were really pleased with that and checked with everybody that came to see if uh, they how they heard about the art show uh, it's kind of a uh, problem out there at uh, Longview because of the uh, being on the hill and the wind and when you set up tents there's always that kind of an issue
1: well we're a little partial to downtown anyway well, around yeah. here so well, yeah. Well, I like it that I can walk there <coughs> and we they are yeah. bu- they've already bought our love anyway. Yeah. So,
2: this is our 6th well, year in downtown Lee we, Summit. We considered it, but David Gale had the money. <laughs> well, and, and as we
1: know, <laughs> that's the biggest decision maker that's there right. is. So what were some of your what were some of your goals? You said a lot of a lot of you as artists had kind of wanted to have a show here right. in your hometown. So what what were some of those goals that you guys initially set? I mean, why why do you want an art well, show here?
2: Uh, in the first place, Summit Art we wanted to help promote Summit Art and the artists that had joined that to give them a venue to get started in art shows and most art shows are pretty expensive and we tried to keep the price down for the artists so that they uh could more afford to be in an art show and uh the other thing was we just wanted to sell our art (laughs) and get every (laughs) venue we can to to sell art.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, speaking of members of Summit Art, uh, Phil, you're here with us. Tell us a little bit about, it. you've been part of this uh, multiple times now, if I, if my information is correct. What brings you to um, this festival every year?
4: Well, I'm a member of Summit Art, and as a member, uh, we have an opportunity to be selected into the show without having to apply um, and submit work. So. That's kind of a nice uh, thing to know that I can simply plan to be in this show <laughs> uh, and not have to wait for a notification that I've been accepted. But uh, it's a great show. Uh, I've done shows around the country. I've been as far west as Dallas and as far east as the, the east coast to uh, Virginia and to Florida and uh, been to Minnesota and Chicago. And, and still, Summit Art is one of my favorite shows. So,
1: What, m- what makes a good art show?
4: well uh, a good crowd is a is a great thing but um, this art, art fair is put on by artists I mean it is organized by an art group as opposed to many of the shows that I've been in that are organized by a show promoter uh, who really their main objective is simply to make money there's nothing wrong with that but uh, as an artist Uh, The Summit Art Festival takes really good care of their artists and does a really good job of taking care of the people that come to the art fair.
1: And are they buying the art here? Well, yeah. There Uh, we go.
4: (laughs) I've made money. uh,
0: That's what makes a really, really good art show.
4: (laughs) I've made money at each show that I've done here. It's easier for me uh, to make money at this show than when I have to travel you know, 500 miles away because I'm a local artist. Uh, but that being said, I always look forward to the Summit Art Festival because I expect uh, to sell some work here.
0: Now, both of you—you've you, already said you are exhibiting this year—and Barbara, you are as well. Yes. Right. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, uh, how, what, what's your art? Tell us a little bit about what your art is.
4: Well, I'm a watercolor artist. When I decided to do uh, fine art as a full-time thing, uh, it was four years ago and I decided you know having been in graphic design my whole career that I wanted to do something just for the sake of making something beautiful Uh, I didn't know exactly what that would be and I kinda had decided I would build wood strip canoes at the time but then I was down at the plaza art fair that's really only slightly different than watercolors I don't know how you got uh, the other I mean they both involve water right? (laughs) that's true Uh, but I, I just love making stuff uh, but I was at the at the Plaza Art show with my wife, just looking at the work, and I was so inspired by some of the watercolor artists there. I just decided. I really want to do this and turned to my wife and told her and she basically said it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got busy painting and Barbara Nath was my very first watercolor teacher. Well, I'm Barbara, so what are you
0: a painter as well or I, you, do right?
2: do I do, do watercolor. You do watercolors as well. Watercolor.
0: So, do you guys have like so you obviously are working um, more cooperatively than competitively. And you're not like having like a watercolor Gang fight or anything like that. No, we no. paint
2: very differently. Well, we do. I I try to get Phil loosened up here. So Barbara, tell me how.
0: Tell me a little bit about yours, and then maybe how it differs from the way Phil does his. Uh,
2: I do a lot of flowers because I show out at Powell Garden, which had been one of the things I did. Uh, I'm a very loose painter. Uh, I drawing d- was what not. What does that
1: mean? Yeah,
0: you're it, talking to two guys who like maybe okay. if we make stick figures, we're, uh, we're happy
2: sloppy and juicy and slap it on and <laughs> see what runs and drips, it's, it's that kind of thing that really excites me about watercolor. Uh, you can't control it and you just let it do what it wants to do and uh, you don't want to paint inside the edges, you want to let things kind of flow apart. So that's that's loose. Uh, Phil's a graphic designer and he is a good at drawing and drawing has never been my strong suit. And then I found out you don't have to draw a straight line. <laughs> In <laughs> fact, sometimes straight lines are boring, aren't they, Phil? Yeah. So um, that's how I paint.
0: So we have two different, two with the same medium, you guys have a very different styles so that go into that. Right. Cool. B-
1: before we, uh, we move on, I wanna know what was his grade if you were his first teacher?
2: Oh, A plus.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm always shooting you for open something. You always try to open it up for something salacious,
0: and they I mean, don't bite because people know. are nice. Other than us, I other think that's me. how that works. Well, so. and
4: to, to that point, when you asked about our being uh, rivals or if we're in competition with each other, and I, I have found by and large that artists s- simply want to see other artists do well. Um, we are in. I, I'm participating in an event this week uh painting plain air, which is basically setting up an easel outdoors and painting the scene in front of you. There will be probably a hundred other artists at that event. And even though we're competing, we want to see each other do our best work. And that's just a neat environment to be part of. See you, Jason, be nice.
0: No, I win, you lose. That's how this goes.
1: <laughs> All right. well, well let's talk a little bit about how it's grown. Since then, since since you guys first started, and and we know that the local people are loving it. So, what do you do to make a show to build it so that it's a show that people do want to, artists do want to travel to and participate in?
2: I think the one thing that helped us most was moving downtown, Lee Summit.
0: Once again, we're very partial to this opinion, so being correct, (laughs) we're going to let you know what's going on. Uh,
2: More people. (laughs) Uh, There just wasn't enough out at Longview that attracted people. Just um, being out on the street. And so the crowds have been much better since we've been downtown, and it's been a, it's worked out really well, and it's especially nice since Goddard Gallery, which is Summit Arts Gallery, is right there, and we can use that um, as our hospitality place for people. We're out at Longview, we had to use uh, bank facilities and things like that, <laughs> so. Downtown's been wonderful for us. Well,
0: Jody, tell us a little bit about. There's a, there's a lot of new stuff this year um, that you've got out there. So why don't you talk to us about some of the new uh, the new things that are going on at the festival this year that is, that is making it this bigger and better festival.
3: Well, Summit Art Summit Art's mission is supporting art and artists in our community, and we try to keep the focus of this particular festival on the art and on the artists. So any of these new components that we're bringing in any of these new attractions have an art component of some kind. So we're very pleased that for the very first time the Lee Summit Historical Society Museum is going to be an active participant of the festival. They have invited a young local artist named Sydney Merrill and she is going to be providing an art activity and an art exhibition inside the History Museum so we're very pleased about that. The God Art Gallery will have an an art activity that's free for younger kiddos inside of that gallery. The Lee Summit R7 School District, their faculty, a lot of them will be uh, exhibiting their artwork in the God Art Gallery as well. We have, for the first time, we have a brand new Summit Art member, his name is Stout, and he has created for us what we're calling selfie stations. And these are large plywood cutouts. They're very old-timey and charming. One is of a photographer and one's of a painter. So they have the faces cut out and people stick their faces through them. So we're hoping people will enjoy those selfie stations and use the hashtag SummitArt. get us some hits on social media and then one of the things that i'm really proud of is one of our sponsors is an organization called children international they are a global charity but they're based actually here in kansas city they focus on children all over the world in crisis and in poverty they are going to be showcasing artwork in their booth on the streets on southwest maine artwork that has been created by children from all over the world so as a sponsor, we're very pleased to have their support, um, and even more, we're very pleased that they're bringing an art component into their booth space.
2: I would like to say too that I think the having the c- connection with the schools has been a really great thing for the art show, and I don't know of any other art fair that I've been in that has combined the art fair with the high schools and the middle schools like we have.
1: Well, this is a good way for us to remind people to go back and listen to the show from a couple weeks ago where we had two people from the school district on to talk about the Stuck On Art thing. So there you go. That's my cross-promotion and promote myself. I'm good at that.
0: You are. Okay, so we have more than just the visual arts. We also have music that's going to be provided to us this Mm -hmm. year.
3: We are very fortunate this year to have the services of a guy named Rick Gordon He owns a local record company called Russian Winter Records. He's our musical curator this year. A lot of people will recognize him as downtown's musician. He's usually at the Farmer's Market and other areas on the corners. He has brought in a full schedule of local up-and-coming musicians. They represent a wide variety of genres. They will be playing all weekend long in two performance locations.
0: Awesome. Now, there is a, there, I, you, you were mentioning before when we were, we were talking, before we, we hit record, um, an interesting beverage option. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Well, our information booth is going to be busier than it's ever been. It's located in the main intersection at Southwest Main and 3rd Street. Inside the info booth, we're going to be selling merchandise. So we will have festival t-shirts. We will have posters featuring one of the images of our featured artist, who I should probably mention is a man by the name of Shun Wang. He's a local Kansas City based artist. Um, he has a beautiful painting that he's titled Sunflowers. We're going to reprint that and have it for sale as posters at the information booth. And then we have a very generous sponsor, Rob Ellerman and his team. They have provided for us some bright red water tumblers. And at the information booth, we're going to have large dispensers of ice water that is fresh fruit infused. People can buy a tumbler for $5. They can refill it with fresh water all weekend long.
1: Free stuff.
0: Free stuff. Free stuff, Free Water. it's always good. Yeah, it, yeah. I
1: would be remiss too if I didn't say another thing. We're, we're sitting and recording today in the studio at the new Bridge Space in downtown. There will also be an art tour in Bridge Space, is that right? They
3: are going to be featuring artists that have created artwork inside their facility.
0: And it and the art in here is amazing um, as a as part of what they're doing. And I know we've already we've already gushed a great deal about the cool stuff in this building, but it, it's definitely worth a a visit when you come down for the art festival.
1: Well I'm gonna look over at Barbara one more time and try to bring her in. Do you have any good stories from from previous art fests?
2: Oh, you're hitting me here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have good stories about one uh, Friday night when we went to set up, and it was so windy that you couldn't hold your tent down, so we had to shut the – and that was up on the Longview. So that's another good thing we're downtown. We haven't had that. Um, I
1: now, my first Art Fest that I was around was right when the Royals first started that 2014 playoff run. And so I remember thinking it was crowded <clears throat> until the game started, and then it was empty yeah. because everybody moved into the bars.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I guess fortunately for the Art Festival, we're not going to have the problem with the <laughs> Royals and the playoffs this year to distract from the, the Art Festival. So,
1: Before we wrap things up, Jody... If you're still searching for volunteers, I know you are. You need a little help. How can people are. contact you to maybe volunteer some time, or even better yet, if they want to write you a check? How writing can they, <laughs> how writing can they the contact Summit Art
3: Organization a check is always a welcome thing. But our volunteers are the most important. Forgive me, artists, but our volunteers are the most important component of any large scale event because it takes a lot of people to coordinate that many activities going on in, in any area. We have lots of fun art um, activities where volunteers can contribute. Being inside our hospitality area is where all the food and the beverages for our artists. It's where our artists come to maybe get out of the sun for a few minutes. It's where they meet other artists and chit chat. Those are our volunteers who make our artists who travel in from all over the country feel welcome. Also our info booth as I mentioned before it's going to be vibrant and busy like it hasn't been before so we need lots of people selling t-shirts posters and tumblers.
1: Well how can they how can they find you if they want to volunteer?
3: They need to go to Sign Up Genius online and search for Summit Art Festival.
1: There we go. That that was one, one last time Jody, give us the dates. And the times and where they, the Summit Art Fest is.
3: The Summit Art Festival is the second weekend in October. October 12, 13, and 14. Friday 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. in beautiful downtown Lee Summit.
1: And why you're here when you take pictures and post them? Hashtag Summit Art. Thank you guys for coming.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: As always, Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Hey Jason, they had a birthday Mm -hmm. at Budget Blinds last week. So it's time for us to say happy birthday to Courtney Stoddard. Happy birthday, Courtney. Now, I happen to know which birthday she
0: celebrated, but as I have been told and have learned over years, a gentleman never
1: asks nor reveals the age of a lady. So there you go. The lady had a birthday and we are celebrating and she is young and newly married
0: and she is a lovely human being full of energy and interest.
1: They are all lovely human beings and that's why we are proud to have them as sponsors. These are these are great community partners. They do a lot of stuff in and around the community. They just they just had a contest supporting local high schools. And Jason, another cool thing, technology. I know, not only are they really cool people who do a lot of really cool stuff, but they also sell cool, cool blinds and shades. If you want your window treatments to be powered by your phone, you can have them. They're real, That's true. they exist.
0: Smart shades, who knew that that could ever
1: be a thing, but there it is, smart shades. So go see our friends, tell Courtney happy birthday, and then get yourself some window treatments. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, right in the heart of downtown Lee Summit. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linked 2 leesummitcom or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.